0: I know we already did it, but one more time. Can we welcome everybody watching across uh, YouTube and Facebook? Uh, Come on, our whole online family. We love you, we love you, we love you. And we're glad that you are watching and with us today. Today, I'm really excited because we're starting a brand new series on the book of Habakkuk. Somebody say Habakkuk. One more time. The book of Habakkuk. Say Habakkuk. Habakkuk is an interesting name, a funny name, uh, but we're starting that series today. I'm excited. In fact, if you're watching online or if you're here with us today, I want you to go online right now. You can do it on your phone. On your phone. It takes two minutes. Go to calvaryconnect.shop, calvaryconnect.shop. We have a free four-week study guide for you, and uh, we did this through the book of Romans. Uh, We've done this for different series uh, where we provide a study guide, and for the next 30 days, we're going to be reading Habakkuk together as a church. We're going to be studying it together. We're going to be reading God's Word. In fact, we broke it apart almost verse by verse for the next 30 days. Habakkuk is a really, really short book. It's three chapters. You can literally go home today and, and read it in 10, 15 minutes. But we decided to break it apart in 30 days so that we could take our time with it for the next 30 days as we're reading it at home. If you go right now on your phone, calvaryconnect.shop, uh, you're going to see it there. It's a free download. Click on it. It'll show up on your phone, a PDF file. And it's really cool because as you open it up, you're going to find the different purposes and themes. You're going to find some background information. You're also going to find out what our uh, soap reading method is. Anybody, anybody like soap? I hope we all use soap in one way or another. But, but if you use it for the Bible, it, corny jokes, but they always work. Uh, if you use it for the Bible, anybody, anybody remember what soap stands for? What is S for? Scripture. Somebody say scripture. So as we're reading, we first look at the scripture. Then we have O. What's O? Ob- There's a good Bible reading service. Come on. Observation. We look at the scripture, we read it, then we observe it. We're like, hmm, okay. Interesting verse. And then A is for? Application. Okay, how did it apply for the people that it was written to? And then how does it apply for my own personal life, right? So as you're going through the study guide, there's actually some lines where you can fill it in. Okay, that meant this for these people, and it means this for my life. And you can write that in. And then P is for? Prayer. Come on, every day. Let's take three minutes to pray. And say, God, how does the book of the cook speak to my life? What can I learn from this? What are you trying to teach me through the book of Habakkuk? It's absolutely free. Download it. You can actually start right now as we're going through it. And so make sure you pick that up. Cool? I've actually been wanting to do the book of Habakkuk for about uh, two years. And so I'm excited. There's a few books. Um, you've been here the last five years, we've done the book of Ephesians. We've done the book of Daniel. We did the book of Romans. We've done Philippians. We've done Ecclesiastes. Come on, we covered a whole lot of books. Uh, we're doing Habakkuk now. Later on this year, we gonna do the book of Acts. Come on, the book of Acts is going to be awesome. And um, we actually added one more series that's going to be through another book. I'm not going to tell you yet. You got to be here all year long to find out which one it's going to be. But I'm excited. We're covering three books this year as a church. And so uh, praise God for that. This one I'm really excited about uh, because I think it was specifically, written for a situation that was happening back then. Um, But God speaks to all people at all times. And I really think he is speaking to us through this book uh, at this time. It's a book that's absolutely needed for this time. So I want you to pay attention. In fact, take out a journal, a notebook, write down some notes. Come on, we're going to start this study today. It's a four-week study. It's actually going to take us all the way up to Easter. Come on. Anybody excited for Easter 2021? I'm pumped. So get your journals out. If you're watching online, get a journal, get an iPad, something, whatever you can to write some notes. Let's learn together. Let's study together. Before we begin today's teaching, I want to give you some background information on the book of Habakkuk. You can write it down as we start. I want to give you some basic information on the book of Habakkuk so you understand who is this, what's happening, why it's so important. Are you ready? Three people are ready. Awesome. Come on. Are you ready? All right. So the author, let's talk about the author. Number one, who is the author? The author of the book of Habakkuk is the prophet Habakkuk. Habakkuk is a prophet. Uh, Many believe there's outside sources outside of the Bible way back history. Uh, They believe he comes from the tribe of uh, Levites. So he's a a Levite, right? That means probably a musician. He was probably uh, a person who wrote songs. And God also spoke to him as a prophet. A prophet spoke to God's people on God's behalf. That's who Habakkuk was. He's writing this book for us to understand. Number two, let's talk about the date. The date. When was this book written? Well, it was written somewhere between 620 and 605 B.C. That means before about 600 years before Christ. Are you following me? Right? So 600 years before Christ, about 605, 620 B.C., he's writing to today's terms is about 2600 years ago what's happening well remember after king solomon israel got split in half there was a northern kingdom and a southern kingdom the northern kingdom was called israel the southern kingdom was called judah somebody say Judah. judah judah was wild judah was out of control they were rebellious they they forgot about god's law they they had some good kings and then they had some very bad kings who forsook god didn't want to hear about god wanted to do whatever they wanted to do so the prophet habakkuk is frustrated and he's talking to god and he's saying god what's going on why are these people so rebellious and losing their mind and god begins to answer him and so this book is right before the babylonian empire invasion if you remember last year, we read the book of Daniel. Daniel is once the invasion already happened, and they are now living in Babylon as exiles. Are you with me? So he's actually, him, um, Habakkuk, and Daniel are contemporaries, meaning they lived in the same era, basically. Habakkuk was probably a little older, some commentators believe. And so when he's writing this, most believe Daniel was probably 5, 10 years old. He was just a little boy. When he becomes a teenager, Babylon comes in and takes a bunch of them as captives to Babylon, including Daniel and his friends. Everybody, remember? You following me now? Okay, so Habakkuk is writing right before the invasion, 605, 620 BC, somewhere around there, and he's telling God's people what's about to happen through his conversation with God. It's a dialogue, this book, between him and God. Now, what what is the purpose of this book? Well, the purpose is that he's talking about our faith in God. He wants to talk about what's going on, strengthen our faith, and enlarge our trust. That's the purpose of this book. Come on, anybody want better faith in God? Come on, anybody want a better trust in God in 2021? That's the purpose of this book. That's why we're reading it. Because there were some crazy times going on, and we needed to have some strong faith, and we need to have some good trust in God. 2021 is an extension of 2020. There's still more crazy times going on. What we need right now is not to lose our minds. What we need right now is more trust in God and more faith that he's in control. Can I get an amen? So that's why I love this book, and I think it's going to help us. The themes, what are the themes of the book of Habakkuk? Well, the themes is God's sovereignty and God's justice. Main themes of the book of Habakkuk is God's justice and the sovereignty of God, and we're going to explain that as we go through the series over the next four weeks. The name Habakkuk actually means to embrace or to wrestle, or to wrestle, to embrace. Anybody ever wrestled with God? You ever wrestled with God? So like, I don't know, I've never wrestled with anybody. You know what I mean? You had questions. You had doubts. God, I don't understand. That's a backhook, right? And that's what His name means. And as He wrestles with God, He comes to embrace God's faithfulness, God's sovereignty. And God's justice. And so I'm excited for this four week study. You can't miss a week. Make sure you're here every week. Take some notes. Make sure you log in. This is going to help our faith the next four weeks. And I'm excited about that. Grab your Bibles and go to the book of Habakkuk. Grab your Bibles and go to the book of Habakkuk. Habakkuk is in the Old Testament. You're going to see it's an extremely, extremely small book. It's right after uh, Micah. It's right after Nahum. It's actually two books before Matthew. So if you're having a hard time finding it, ask your neighbor for some help. Or no shame in the game, go to the table of contents. And uh, um, if you have my Bible, it's page 624. That will help you out. Once you're there, can you say amen? I love that this whole front row has notebooks, Bibles, pens, highlighters guys are spiritual people i love it habakkuk chapter one habakkuk chapter one awesome look at your neighbor one more time smile at them and tell them you look good today smile at somebody i know you got a mask but we can see your eyes squinting and it shows that you're smiling come on look at the person on the other side and tell them you look better than my first neighbor come on smile at somebody tell them they look good i'm excited about this book i hope you are Habakkuk chapter 1. We're going to read the first 11 verses today. Follow along. Extremely important. If you don't have a Bible, we're putting it up on the screens or at the bottom of your screen if you're watching online. Habakkuk chapter 1, beginning in verse 1. If you're there, say amen. Amen. It says, the prophecy, you have another translation, that can say the burden that Habakkuk the prophet received. And then we're going to hear Habakkuk begin to complain. Verse 2. How long, Lord, must I call for help? But you do not listen or cry out violence, but you do not save. Why do you make me look at injustice? Why do you tolerate wrongdoing? Destruction and violence are before me. Their strife and conflict abounds. Therefore, the law is paralyzed. Justice never prevails. The wicked hem in the righteous so that justice is perverted. A lot of us have prayed like this before. And then the Lord begins to answer Habakkuk in verse 5. And God says, look at the nations and watch and be utterly amazed. For I am going to do something in your days that you would not believe, even if you were told. I am raising up the Babylonians, that ruthless and impetuous people who sweep across the whole earth to seize dwellings not their own. They are a feared and dreaded people. They are a law to themselves and promote their own honor. Their horses are swifter than leopards, fiercer than wolves at dusk. Their cavalry gallops headlong. Their horsemen come from afar. They fly like an eagle swooping to devour. They all come intent on violence. Their hordes advance like a desert wind and gather prisoners like sand. They mock kings and scoff at rulers. They laugh at all the fortified cities. By building earthen ramps, they capture them. Then they sweep past the wind and go on. They are guilty people whose own strength is their God. You sound like a lovely bunch. (laughs) Out of those first 11 verses today, as we begin the book of... Habakkuk, our four-week study on this extremely interesting and helpful book. Today I want to begin uh, with week one with this teaching I have in my heart that I've titled Everything is Under Control. Everything is Under Control. Why don't you look at two people around you and tell them everything's under control. Everything is under control. We're going to pray, then we're going to begin this study, and uh, my prayer is that today your faith would be encouraged that your heart will be strengthened to know that God loves you, God is for you, and He is on your side. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for your goodness, for your grace, for your mercy, for your love. Thank you for this day. Thank you for Baptism Sunday. So many people making a decision to go into the waters and show the world that uh, a transformation has happened on the inside that they want to show it on the outside. Uh, They're coming up brand new out of those waters. Thank you, God, for this time together. Thank you for the book of Habakkuk. And uh, as we study it, God speak to us, strengthen us, help us, God. Thank you. Holy spirit. I believe that you're at work right now in hearts and minds here physically and across online heal today, deliver today, move in our lives. We need more of you. We thank you. And we love you. It is in Jesus' name, all of God's people say, Amen. one more time, all of God's people say, Amen. can you make some noise for Jesus? One more time, come on. This year, me and Diana are going on 12 years of marriage. Come on, 12 years of marriage. 12 years of marriage that I've been married to this beautiful Colombian queen, and it's been absolutely amazing. But like in any relationship, Uh, whether it's marriage, dating, or friendships, how many know there's conflict in relationships? A little bit. Not so much in ours, but there's conflict here and there. More on her part. Um, There's conflict in relationships. And in any relationship, uh, something is going to happen where you notice something's not right. Ever happened to you? For example, you ever heard the phrase, we need to talk? (laughs) That's a tough one. There's also this thing called the silent treatment. <laughs> the silent treatment. What that means if you're not married yet, but it can happen in friendships if somebody leaves you on read or doesn't call you back. They're giving you the silent treatment. That means something is not right. Something's happening. For example, I'll get home and I'll be excited. like, Hey, back! <laughs> I'm home. <laughs> Sugarfoot, <laughs> honey, boo, boo, I'm home. And she'll just be like, mm-hmm. That's odd. Maybe she's eating something, drinking something. I mean, babe, hey, babe, where are the dogs? Hey, happy to be home. Babe, you good? Ever got one of those? I'm the type I like to talk. Dana, pray for her. But um, the silent treatment, right, the silent treatment. I got a question for us today. What happens when God gives us the silent treatment? We, we talk about God often talking a lot to us, and he does. In fact, last year we did a series on how to hear the voice of God. I really believe that God wants to speak to everybody in this room, and you can have a personal relationship with God. Come on, you can hear the voice of the Holy Spirit, and God will speak to you, but sometimes God will be silent. What do we do when God is silent? Sometimes God is going to quiet down his voice, and he won't speak. Ever been there? Has God ever been silent to you? He hasn't answered a prayer request. He hasn't healed the person you wanted. He hasn't come through with the job. He hasn't given the financial provision. He hasn't calmed the situation down. And you're like, God, where are you? Sometimes God is silent. And when God is silent, we have to be careful because otherwise you can go to extreme. In fact, I'll put it this way. Don't confuse God's silence as God's absence. Don't confuse the silence of God as the absence of God. God will be silent sometimes. And the last thing that we need to do is saying, God, you're you're not here. God, where are you? I don't understand. In fact, I'll say it this way. Sometimes God's silence is God's answer. We're just not getting the answer we want. God, I'm going to pray one more time. I don't think that was the right answer. God, I'm going to pray one more time. But sometimes God in his silence is doing something in our lives. Maybe he's teaching us more patience. Somebody say patience. Maybe he's teaching us gentleness, long-suffering. Maybe he's doing, I mean, those are not like words that we like in Western Christianity. Patience, long-suffering, no, no. Give me prosperity, give me good times, right? But sometimes God wants to mold us and mature our faith because he wants to grow our faith. And so in his silence, God is doing something in our lives. In fact, I'll put it this way. When God is most silent, sometimes is when he's mostly working. Right, God in his silence is still working in our lives, but God is not silent. And sometimes it can seem like God is silent. In fact, I'll put it this way. A lot of people think that God, because he's silent and he's not doing something, it's one of the biggest roadblocks for them to believe that there is a God. You ever gotten this response? Well, if God is good and if God is real, why doesn't he do something about evil? Ever gotten that kind of answer? I've talked to friends where they're like, I don't know if there's a God, because if there is a God, look what's happening in the world. Right. Look at the 2020 pandemic. Alex, if God was real, why did he allow this to happen? He could have stopped it. He knew about the virus. He knew what was going on. Look at people losing jobs, losing families, people depressed. Like, If God is good, where is he? And it can be one of the biggest stumbling blocks for people to believe that there is a God. If God was good and if God was real, he would do something about what's happening in the world. My answer would be, uh, well, who says he hasn't done something and who says he isn't doing something? Yes, there's sin. Yes, there's injustice. Yes, there's racism. Yes, there's suffering all over the world. But that's why he sent his one and only son. God has done something. He sent the most innocent man and gave him the most cruel death so that he could pay for the sins of all mankind. Come on. God has done something. And who says God isn't doing something? Just because it look like he's quiet right now doesn't mean that he's not on the move. Doesn't mean that he's not doing something. God is working in hearts. God is patient. God is maturing. God is growing. And who says he isn't going to do something. The Bible says that one day the trumpet is going to blast. The clouds are going to open up and we're going to have a new earth and a new heaven. Come on. God has done something. God is doing something and God will do something, but God is real and God is on the move. It may just not be the answer we want. And as long as we continue to try to be God and understand God and think that if we were God, we would do things much differently. We're going to continue frustrated, anxious, and worried. Well, I don't understand this. If I was God, I would not have allowed COVID 19 to come through. But you're not God. And God is sovereign. And God is in absolute control. And God is wiser than all the wise men on earth put together. Come on, anybody grateful that He's a God that is good? He's a God that is sovereign? He's a God that is wise? And His wisdom is way beyond my wisdom. And if I continue to try to be like Him, I'm gonna live frustrated. So, what I'm gonna do is that I'm gonna step back, give Him some worship, and trust that He's awesome, trust that He's in control, trust that He's amazing, trust that He loves me. Come on, I'm gonna praise Him all the days of my life because He's good and He's awesome. Anybody with me? Come on, let's praise God, knowing that he loves us, knowing that he's for us, knowing that he is on our side. In fact, I'll put it this way. If you can trust God through trouble, then you can live in peace. Can we trust him? That's the word. Somebody say trust. Trust. It's hard to trust when we continue to try to be God ourselves. But if I can trust that he's in control, it's going to bring some peace in my life. Habakkuk the prophet is going through a moment that all of us can probably relate to. Habakkuk the prophet usually speaks to God on the behalf of the people the people would say stuff and 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 he would go and take it to God God would speak to him and he'll take it back and speak to God's people that's a prophet somebody who speaks to God's people on God's behalf are you following with me this book is a little bit different because this is just a conversation between the prophet Habakkuk to God he's not going back to the people this is Habakkuk himself frustrated with God he's going to God and he's saying God how long? Are you serious? Look at the southern kingdom. Look at Judah. These people are rebellious. These people are lawless. They've lost their morals. They've lost their values. God, this is great. I mean, Jerusalem is upside down. Even the courts are messed up. Justice is bad. There's injustice everywhere. You ever prayed a prayer like that? Right? Right there, Judah looked a lot like Miami. Come on, somebody. Like, like this is bad. This is real bad. People are doing whatever they want. People are losing their minds. God, I've been praying for them for 15 years, and you still haven't done nothing. God, I've been asking you to do something in Judah for 25 years, and you still haven't done nothing. Some of us get frustrated when we pray for five seconds and God hasn't done anything. How long has he been praying that he's frustrated now with God? You ever been frustrated with God? I know you're acting all cute because we're in service. Now. I've never been frustrated with God. I love God. The Lord is Jehovah my God. But come on, sometimes we've gotten frustrated with God. and God you haven't come through for me. I ain't going to go to church. I'm not going to join connect group. I'm frustrated. I'm mad right now. And you come to service because somebody tells you, you got to come to service. Be like, I'm going to give you. You like the song too. <laughs> There's no mountain between us. You're right. By- <clears throat> I can't sing because he hasn't given me a job yet because he hasn't provided for me yet because he hasn't brought me my prayer request. Because he hasn't healed me. Because I've seen too much injustice and I've gone through too much wrong. And nobody knows what I've been through. And if God was real, why didn't he fix it? And we're a lot like Habakkuk. God, I don't understand. God, I'm angry at you. God, how long? I say violence and you still do nothing. Whoa. Habakkuk is being real. The first 11 verses are full of so much gold that I I can't wait for all of us to read it this week and take away. But, But I got three things that I think we can learn from the first 11 verses. And the first one that I love from Habakkuk is that there's always a place to go. Somebody say there's a place to go. I love that Habakkuk always goes back to God. Because sometimes in our frustration, sometimes in our anger, sometimes in our confusing moments of life, we refuse to go to God. The other day, the other day, the other day, we were with Vlad and Raquel. We were having dinner at their house. Anybody love Vlad and Raquel? They're the absolute best. So amazing leaders, pastors, and. Anytime you go to their house, you're going to get a five course meal, five stars, Michelin stars, everything. I mean, it's just amazing. We were there hanging out with them. They're preparing dinner. And while dinner's getting ready to be served, me and Vlad are talking. Vlad's an accountant, professional accountant for I don't know how many years. And I mean, he's just absolutely amazing. He also helps us out with our accounting here. And we're just talking, like, Vlad, how's your job? Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, let me ask him a little bit more. Like, I'm just going to get into detail accounting life. Like, I never wanted to study accounting. I'm not good with numbers. But, Vlad, let me ask you about accounting. And I start asking him about accounting. He starts. Throwing out words that I have no idea what they were. All kinds of terms and phrases. All kind, con- I mean, we, we got deep in conversation. You ever been in a conversation and you're lost, but you don't want to say it? <laughs> that's the moment I was having. I was like, I can't believe that. That's amazing. Wow. Wow, that's phenomenal, right? You ever felt like if I ask a question right now, I'm gonna look really dumb. <laughs> so I'm just gonna pretend I know what he's talking about. Like, mm, wow, counting is rough. <laughs> because we grew up with that kind of mentality, like don't ask. And then you get older and you realize that they tell you, hey, the only dumb question is the one not asked. After about 10 minutes, I'm like, Vlad, I'm sorry. I know I'm going to sound really ignorant. What did you just say? I don't know. I told him, I told him, Vlad, what, what did you just, can you explain that to me in layman's terms? Like I went to South Ridge, you know what I'm saying? Like just <laughs> explain it to me. I don't, I don't know what you're talking about, right? And he explained it to me, right? But, but, but I had no idea and I had to ask. The thing is, a lot of us grew up with phrases also like, hey, don't ever question God. Oh, I can't question God ever. So you walk into a space like this and everybody's worshiping and we want to ask God something or we may be frustrated with God, but they say, don't ever question God. Okay, so I won't question God. And and it leaves us frustrated on the inside, on the interior. We got all these doubts, all these fears, all these anxieties, but I won't dare go to God. But Habakkuk shows us you can go right up to God and say, God, I'm angry. God, I'm confused. God, I'm worried. But there's a place to go to. Come on, you don't got to go to the fortune teller. You don't got to go to the newspaper. You don't got to turn on the news. There's a God that you can go to. He'll answer you. He'll give you peace. He'll give you grace. He'll give you mercy. Come on, anybody grateful that we can go to God with everything that's on our heart? Look what the Bible says. Hebrews chapter 4. I love this. Hebrews chapter 4. For we do not have a high priest who's unable to empathize with our weakness. But we have one who's been tempted in every way just as we are. Yet he did not sin. I love this. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence. You say it with confidence. Come on. Let us approach God's grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Approach him. I like the way the message paraphrases it. It puts it this way. Now that we know what we have, Jesus, come on, you better know who you have in the first place. This great high priest with ready access to God, let's not let it slip through our fingers. We don't have a priest who's out of touch with our reality. He's been through weakness and testing, experienced it all. All but the sin. So let's walk right up to him and get what he is so ready to give. Take the mercy, accept the help. Come on, somebody. Take the mercy, accept the help. Me and Diana, one time we were on vacation and we had like this nice romantic night out for dinner. Right, We go out and she got dressed up, looking, like, you all, know good. I was like, all right. And I got dressed up. We go out for dinner and, and we went walking. We're like, let's go walking. We're not gonna take no taxi, no nothing. We went walking and on the way back, a storm broke out out of nowhere. A storm broke out. I don't have no umbrella. I don't have anything. We were literally out on the road, like maybe about 10 minutes from our hotel. And so we still had a ways to go. And it starts, remember it started raining and we're like, Oh my God, I see like my queen getting wet. And I'm like, Oh baby, I'm sorry. And, uh, After like a minute, I found this little roof, right? Remember the little roof? And we ran under the roof. I actually took a video under the roof. And we're just cracking up because it was supposed to be a nice night out. And here we are soaked. But finally, we found a little roof, right? And that was our refuge. The Bible says that God is a refuge. Can I tell you, when the world is in a storm, when the world is losing its mind, we don't got a little roof. Come on, we got the wings of the Father. And you can go underneath the shadow of the wings of the good Father. He'll protect you. He'll shelter you. I got a place to go. Come on, I got God's house. I got God's presence. I'm not staying home. I'm not staying frustrated. I'm not staying with my anger. I'm going right to God. Cover me. Answer me. Help me, God. I got a place to go. Somebody give God a big praise. The Bible says in the book of Psalms 62, verse 8, Trust him at all times. Pour out your hearts to him. You read through the Psalms, David was frustrated sometimes. Like, God, I can't... I can't believe you (laughs) pour out your hearts to him for God is our our refuge when I don't know where to go I got a place to go and that's right up in God's presence right up to his face I go before his throne of grace today if you're lost confused you don't know where to go come on let's learn from Habakkuk I can go to God even when I'm angry even when I got doubts and fears Number two, the second thing that we learn from the book of Habakkuk, not only is there a place to go, number two, there's a lesson to learn. Somebody say, there's a lesson to learn. learn. Habakkuk is about to learn a big lesson because he he lays out this complaint before God. We read it in the first four verses. God, I can't believe you. How long? I say violence. You do nothing. There's no justice. God, I can't believe you. You tried me. You ignored me, blah, blah, blah. And then God begins to answer. He's like, watch on, watch, like all the nations, Open your eyes. I'm about to do something, and you're going to be amazed. In other words, don't confuse my silence for stillness. When God is often the most quiet, he's the most working. God may be quiet, but he's never still. God is on the move. Habakkuk is about to learn, whoa. It's not that God was ignoring me. It's not that God's not in it. He's in it, and he's working. God's doing something you ever complained and then found out it worked in your favor one time we were in a hurry somewhere we were running late and we pull up to Publix we were going for this dinner and uh, Dana gets off at Publix I tell her just grab something really quick and let's go you know you never want to show up empty-handed and five minutes go by ten minutes go by 15 minutes go by and I'm like where's the hand and I'm texting her, calling I'm like hey we gotta go We're running late to this when she gets in the car I'm frustrated I'm, I'm angry I'm like, back we're running late come on, we're running so late. I hate showing up late to places. I like like being punctual. I'm babe. And she's like, I'm so sorry. I thought of you and I wanted to buy you your favorite chips and your favorite drink. And I'm like... Thank you. (laughs) What do you do? You know, you're like... We'll get there late, don't worry. (laughs) Right? Can I tell you God is working on your behalf and sometimes when you're the most complaining you have no idea he's about to hook you up he's about to do something in your life you can't see it, you're questioning it you're doubting it, but God is always in it, he's always doing something I may not like it, it may look like he's late, it may look like he's ignoring me but he's always doing something there's a lesson to learn in the waiting that God is always under control, he's got the whole world in his hands, he's got it He's, gonna, he's not going to leave you hanging. It's not on your time. It may not be like how you like it. I would not have lost my job. I would not have made myself get overdrafted. I would not have lost this family member. I would not have gone through this thing. But, but God is wiser than we are. And I don't understand it, but he's doing something. And I want to tell you something. Like Maybe you read it and you, you read it like me. Like When I read Habakkuk chapter 1, especially the first 11 verses, the answer is not nice. God says, watch and be amazed. Okay, he's in it. I'm about to raise up the Babylonians. Hmm. Wait, those are wicked people. Right, like you read that. That's not nice what God said. Oh, they're violent. They're cruel. Swift of the leopards. Swooping like eagles. Um, they don't care about morals, values, justice. They're immoral. They're perverse. They're wicked. Oh, they're going to come in and destroy Judah. If I'm Habakkuk, I'm like, I okay, think you got to twist it God can I pray one more time this is what do you mean and I think one of the things we got to learn and the lesson that Habakkuk learned that we should learn is that God is a good father who often has to discipline his children I think in, in the 21st century especially in the last few decades we've talked so much about the love of God that we've forgotten to talk about the holiness of God the righteousness of God the wrath of God We're a grace church. Like You'll always hear us talk about God's grace, grace, grace. I love it, grace. But let's not get it confused. God is also holy. And if we're not careful, we'll say God is love so much that all of a sudden we make the love of God God. God is love, but love is not God. Repeat that one more time. God is love, but love is not God. And if you make love your God in the name of love, we will accept whatever, do whatever, date whoever, marry whoever, smoke whatever, drink whatever, legislate whatever, because it's all in the name of love. Oh, in the name of love, do what you feel. Now there is no truth. There's your truth and there's my truth. Hey, do your truth. You've heard that before. Hi, what's your truth? Do it. Whatever your whatever your truth is, can you share with us your truth? No, there's only one truth, and that's God's word. But but in the name of love, but in the name of love, we've made it God, and now God doesn't rule, now love rules. And it's very, it's very complicated if we do that. Because now in the name of love, everything's permissible. But God will never let us get too far. God says, You, you want to rebel? There's grace, but eventually his grace begins to run out. And he's going to say, because you're my child and I love you, I will correct you and discipline you. We don't like to hear that in Western Christianity. No, 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 I can do whatever I want. He'll forgive me. He will. Absolutely. The power of the blood of Jesus is is amazing. But he also correct. If you had a a child who was three years old, four years old, you wouldn't let him run on the turnpike. What do you feel like doing? Running on the turnpike? Run, go run. Go have a ball, right? If you see your child who's three, four years old running on the turnpike, you will tackle him before they get to the turnpike because you love them. If, if I got to pull you back by your hair, I'll pull you back. But I love you so much, I don't want you in danger. Look at Peter's, I mean, look what uh, Hebrews says. Hebrews chapter 12, Paul says in the book of Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 12 Verses 7 through 11. Endure hardship as discipline. God is treating you as his children. I love this part. For what children are not disciplined by their father. In fact, if you're not disciplined and everyone undergoes discipline, then you're not legitimate. Not true sons and daughters at all. He says, if you're really a child, you'll get disciplined. Anybody got discipline growing up? My dad had a black beauty and my mom had a bad chancleta. Like we just growing up you didn't want it but as you get older you're like oh they were keeping me in my ways they were trying to take out of their love they were trying to teach me moreover we all have had human fathers who disciplined us amen and we and we respected them for it how much more should we submit to the father of spirits and live they disciplined us for a little while as they thought best But God disciplines us for our good in order that we may share in his holiness. No discipline seems pleasant at the time. It's actually painful, it says. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. God is good. God is love. But God is also righteous. And God is going to take care of his kids. And God says, I've let them run too far, Habakkuk. They've done whatever they wanted for too long. They've been lawless. They've been without morals. I tried giving them the best of kings, and they still chose whoever they wanted. I tried showing them law, and I tried showing them how much I love them, but they kept going the wrong way. Now, uh, some correction is going to happen. Oof. I'm bringing in the Babylonians. I know usually we leave on Sundays, and we're like, woo, it's like a celebration. Today's going to be like, whoa, that's a tough answer. But it's going to make us think. Whoa, he's bringing in the most wicked, evil empire of the time, Babylonians. And he's allowing them to come in to correct his children. (sighs) Just think about that. The 2020 pandemic, we could look and say, God, but why did you do this? And I want to say God doesn't create evil, but God uses evil. He allows it sometimes. God doesn't create sin but men are sinful and he'll use the sin in our lives to show his lessons and he's about to use the Babylonians to say you want to continue in your rebellion you want to continue in your sin I'm going to have to correct into discipline because at the end of the day what he's trying to do is mature us grow us to be better believers humans and people Isaiah says this Isaiah says in the book of Isaiah chapter 64 verse 8 yet you Lord you are our come on somebody say Father He's our Father. We are the clay and you are the Potter. We are all the work of your hands. I'm just the clay. And if I start getting bent out of shape, it's going to put me right in shape. I mean, I like it and he may use any means necessary, but because he loves me, he's going to discipline me. With Habakkuk, the first 11 verses, we see that I got a place I can go to, but also I'm always going to learn a lesson with God because he loves me there's a place to go, there's a lesson to learn and number three, there's a trust to have. There's a trust to have. Habakkuk was frustrated because Habakkuk wanted to understand it all but sometimes God will not give you all the answers. Sometimes God won't show you all 10 steps. He'll show you the first step and say walk by faith, not by sight. Today, can we trust God? Can we trust God. The problem is human nature wants to control everything. I got everything under control. I want to know everything. That's why we love fortune tellers. That's why we love horoscopes. That's why we love enneagrams. And we'll go to every wicked device possible to try to find out the future and to find out who we are and who's going to walk into our life. Sagittario. This month, you're, you are know what you're trying? You're trying to play God. What's, what's gonna happen? I don't even know, I didn't know what's gonna happen today. Today's my day. The horoscope told me so. Can you just trust that you're not in control and he's in control? He's God. I remember when I was younger, my parents would wake us up. I remember, I remember those long weekend Disney trips? And uh, you go up to Orlando, Disney. My, my wife laughs at the way I pronounce Disney. Disney, 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 mm-hmm. Disney. I don't know. My parents would wake us up. You ever You wake your kids up at four o'clock in the morning and pack the suitcases and go? Along the way, the question starts, are we there yet? Are we there yet? Come on, everybody know? I'm like, I never said that. Probably I did. Now I got nephews, and we go to Orlando, and I hear them saying, I'm like, be quiet. (laughs) But I remember I was so frustrated. And, and like, we would stop somewhere, why are we stopping? I want to see Mickey. I want to go to Disney World, right? Like, I just want to get there now. Why is my dad taking this exit? Why are we stopping for gas? We don't even need gas, Dad. Just go. Are we there yet? What I wanted to do, I wanted to get in the driver's seat and control the car. But what I needed to realize is that he's my father and he's wiser and smarter than me. He was a better driver than me. Come on, there's a trust that you and I can have when you give God the driver's seat of your life. Come on, he's a good driver. He's a good father. Can you trust him? Can you obey him? Can you surrender to him? When you do, he's going to get you to the destination one way or another. To trust to have, come on, everything's under control. It's not our control, it's His control. I'll finish with this last verse. If you can have this kind of trust, Jeremiah chapter 17, verses 7 and 8. But blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in Him. They'll be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when He comes, its le- leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought, and it never fails to bear fruit. I don't know about you, but that's the kind of life I want to have. When the world's under fire, when there's a drought all over the place, spiritually, physically, emotionally, whatever it may be, I'm going to be like a tree that's planted by rivers because my confidence and my trust is in the one who's in control. Come on, let's stand up to our feet all across this place. I want to pray for some people. Maybe you came in here today and, and your fear, your anxieties, your worries are getting the best of you. You don't understand life, why it's gone a certain way. Maybe you came in here saying, like, if I was God, I would do this differently. I've been there. My back hook has been there. I don't understand God. I don't, I don't get this, God. I'm frustrated. Come on, let's ask God today to, Show us and reveal to us. God, I'm glad that I can keep coming to you even with my frustrations. God, I can come to you and you'll teach me, correct me, mature me, grow me. And God, your biggest lesson is that I need to trust you. Come on, with eyes closed and hands raised all across this place. Come on, let's lift up our hands. If you're at home, raise your hands as well. And Come on, ask the Holy Spirit to bring you that peace that surpasses all understanding. Come on, I believe that the presence of the Holy Spirit is here. God is in this place. Father, speak to us. Come on, take a moment to talk to him. Speak to us, God. I've been frustrated. I've had doubts, fears, anxieties. I don't know what tomorrow's going to bring. God, I've been trying to play you. I've been trying to be God. I've been trying to take care of every moment of my life, make sure everything's right, my health is right, my family's right, everything's right. And when it gets a little bit out of control, I get frustrated. God, you're in control. Come on, today say, God, you're in control, God. Take the driver's seat of my life, God. You're in control. I'm glad that I can run to you. I'm glad that I can come to you with fears, anxieties, worries. You're not going to get offended. You're not going to get mad. I come, God. And I'm telling you, sometimes we don't understand. We can't pretend to understand this past year. We can't pretend to understand family loss and grieving. We can't pretend that we understand the financial loss and health loss. God, we don't get it, but you're God. You're God. So we come to you saying, help our faith. And then teach us, God, mature us, grow us to be more like you. The process of sanctification, God, what are you going to teach us, God? Teach me, Lord, because we want to be just like you. We want to be like your son, Jesus. Oh, we're the clay and you're the potter. Mold us, shape us to be better people. Even if you have to discipline us, God, teach us. Thank you for loving us, God. Thank you for not letting us run too long or too far. You're God, and you're good, and you're awesome. And then teach us to have this kind of trust. Trust like a tree planted by rivers. God, though the world is losing its mind, I will stay giving fruit, and I'll stay green, and my leaves and my fruit will always blossom because my trust is in you. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, we surrender all of our anxieties, all of our worries and all of our cares come on with eyes closed and head bowed if you're in here today you're saying Alex I'm, I'm far from God I don't have a relationship with God maybe you're in here today and you're saying Alex I've done stuff that nobody knows about maybe you're in here today and you're saying Alex there's no way God can love me I've done stuff that I'm embarrassed about I know the Bible says that all of us are sinners I'm a sinner you're a sinner we've all done wrong thought wrong said wrong And the Bible says that our sin separates us from God because God is love, but but God has to deal with sin. And so sin separates us from God, but God loves us so much that he sent his son, Jesus. Jesus came and he grabbed all of my sin, your sin, all of our flaws, mistakes, embarrassments, all of our shame, all of our guilt. The Bible says that Jesus carried the sins of the world because the penalty or the price of sin is death. And so Jesus said, I'll die for you so you don't have to die for sin because you can't die for your own sin. Jesus took our place on the cross and he died for me and for you. The Bible says he died on that cross, the most wicked, evil death. He was laid down in a grave for three days and after three days, Jesus Christ, he resurrected. Jesus is alive and today he comes to forgive, he comes to heal, he comes to save. If you're in here today and you're saying, I need a relationship with God, I need forgiveness for my sins, this is your day. You're in the right place at the right time. Come on, with eyes closed and head bowed. If you're in here today and you're saying, Alex, I need forgiveness. Alex, I want a brand new beginning in my life. I want a brand new start. I'm going to count to three. At the count of three, I want you to raise your hand wherever you are. Wherever you are, it doesn't matter. You can raise your hand. I'm not going to call you out, embarrass you, none of that. Every eye closed, every head bowed. When I count to three, raise up your hand just for about two, three seconds. I want to see who I'm praying for, and then you can put it right back down. Hands already going up. One, two, three. Raise your hand. I see you. I see you. I see you. I see you. God bless you. God bless you. I see 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 you. God bless 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 you. Amazing. Amazing. Awesome. You can put your hands back down. If you're at home, you can raise your hand right there in your home, in your kitchen, in your bedroom, in your office, in your cubicle, wherever you are. Come on, throw your hand up. He sees you right there. All of you who raise your hand, I want you to repeat this prayer with me. I'm going to say a simple prayer. and My prayer is nothing special, but you can talk to God anywhere, anyplace. All we're doing right now is putting our faith and our trust in Him. You can talk to God the same way all of us talk to God. In fact, He'd rather hear from you. I'm just helping you in this first prayer to put your faith and your trust in Him. What we're going to do is that the whole family together, come on, the whole church, repeat after me. We're going to say it as one big family together. Say, Father, thank you for today thank you for this opportunity i admit that i'm a sinner and that my sin separates me from you jesus come into my heart be my lord and be my savior from today on i'm forgiven i'm saved and i'm healed in jesus name amen amen and amen amen hey. Hands went up across the auditorium. And if you made that decision at home as well, we have a free Bible for you. And it doesn't matter where you are. It doesn't matter how long you think you've known God or this is the first time ever making a decision like this. We have a free Bible for you. Even if you have one at home. This Bible actually has notes on the side to help you understand what you're reading. Pick one up. We got a tent right outside in the middle. It's called our Connect Tent. Pass by there. We'll high 5 you, give you a free gift. No strings attached. If you're at home, there's information on the screen. We will mail one out to you wherever you are in the world. Absolutely free. We love you, and we're here for you. Come on, one more time. Can we give them a big, big hand? Come on, what a day. Amazing. So many people making the decision to follow Jesus. I don't know about you, but I'm excited. God is on the move and God is doing something. The next four weeks are going to be extremely special. Come on, let's learn together. Let's lean in together, read together. And I believe God's going to mature us and help our faith.